This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to uh, the ZMAR Podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to have Lester Morales here on the podcast. He's doing a lot for our industry. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I love doing these. So I appreciate you having me. Yeah, not a problem. I'm going to steal your uh, opening line, though, and ask you, what's your why? What makes you motivated? And and see what your answer is, because I know you ask all your guests the same question. So now it's your turn. Yeah. So, um, you know, my why is really easy. And today, uh, being the day that it is, it, it, it rings true today. So uh, 15 years old, dad was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. That's cancer of your bone marrow. He had uh, a bone marrow transplant, chemo, radiation. Dad was on a drug called Revlimed. Revlimed's $150,000 a year. My parents were two immigrants, if you can call being from Puerto Rico uh, an immigrant, but we moved uh, to the States when I was four, hardworking people. But what family, when you start thinking about how health insurance works, what family has $10,000, $15,000 every single year to play. So my parents became the statistic, right? My parents had to file bankruptcy when I was 17 years old. So I, I kind of didn't know how that was going to impact, you know, my career, but obviously I'm here. Uh, fast forward, um, which is more relevant today uh, on uh, my, in April of 2014, my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, and she was, she was my rock, right? I'm a, I'm a Latino boy. Uh, we are all mama's boys, whether we want to say it or not. And, uh, unfortunately she lost her battle, uh, officially six years ago today. So today is the six year anniversary of my mom passing. So I'll tell you, that's a long winded answer of saying my why Mm -hmm. I have experienced all of the negative things that people read in the articles about healthcare bankruptcy, the confusion when people actually need to use it. Uh, and so my why, you know, was really number one, making my parents proud. Uh, they were huge inspirations in my life. They gave me an opportunity that, you know, they took all of the sacrifice of moving from Puerto Rico and, you know, being the first. And, and so I'd say the why is, is every day I wake up, you know, wanting to make them proud. And, and two is now after knowing that I did it the wrong way for so many years of my life is to dedicate the rest of my career to making sure that, that everybody, you and your audience and everybody yep. understands that you can build healthcare plans that are better and cheaper than what you're getting today. And just a quick quote you made in, in several of your podcasts that you're a big student in the game, all right, and the game of of what we do, our industry, right? And you actually go way back. So college, it sounds like, uh, from what I was reading, is that you actually have industry college background. Yeah, I, my degree is in risk management insurance. I, I wish mm-hmm. I could say that, you know, I did that all in per, on purpose. Um, it was just accounting was too hard, and I wanted to graduate in the same amount of time. And one of my fraternity brothers um, had graduated with an insurance degree and got a job making 70 grand out of college. I'm like, as a kid who was drinking nickel beers, 70 grand was like an, a, you know, an infinite amount of money. So, and uh, 22 years later, it's the only job I've ever done and I wouldn't trade anything at all. 
Yeah. Well, obviously you're definitely a student of the game and that brings it over to the next impact, right? Your company. Uh, what is the mission of uh, next impact and what are you guys doing for employers over there? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> right around when my mom got sick, you know, you start to like, life is throwing you signs, right? One, mm -hmm. the sign was life isn't guaranteed. Two, my mom called me a wuss that day. And she said, you're <laughs> always talking about doing it different. Stop being a wuss. And so that was my, my inertia starting. Mm -hmm. And then that's right when you started to hear about like what Walmart was doing with their health plan, centers of excellence, if you want to have a knee procedure and you work for Walmart, there's 19 places across the country that they've decided are going to be the highest quality and the lowest cost. I, I became enamored with that because, you know, in Tampa, Florida, yes, there's great health care, but, you know, pancreatic cancer is not the most common and it's got really bad results. And so I was like, man, why am I only hearing things from Tampa just because we live there. Like, I want to know where the best is. I don't care where it is or how much it costs. We're talking about my mom. Yep. And and so that kind of started down the road. Uh, and, you know, we built a business. I built a business that does really two things. We work with advisors like you to help employers understand that, number one, Healthcare isn't broken. It's completely designed wrong. What clients, what employers, what your audience hopefully calls premium, the health insurance company calls revenue. <laughs> Who wakes up in the morning wanting to lower their revenues? And so once you start to understand that there is other ways of building health plans, the mission really became, how do I empower other advisors who maybe are newer into self-funding, are newer into these strategies. How do we build a platform that builds a community around doing the right thing? And the right thing is, yes, this is a harder way of doing it. Yes, this takes more education, more time, more everything. But at the end of the day, man, when I put my head down on that pillow, I know that when we can tell every employer, when your employees engage and they become better healthcare consumers, they don't pay anything. Zero dollars, no copays, no deductibles, no out-of-pockets. And you know what that does? That allows people to not file bankruptcy like my parents did. So, you know, back to how those two missions align, mm -hmm. our business mission and my personal mission very much are aligned. Part of, I think, uh, Next Impact, that you have this transparency movement. Can you give us a little bit of background on, on how you came up with that and, and what's, the, what's the main motive for it? Yeah, you know, so I've always been a self-funded guy. My first job out of college was selling stop loss. I've always been a self-funded guy. And, you know, it took me a long time, 15 years, doing it the normal way. Before I started to just get super frustrated with the lack of transparency, right? It's like, You've got this client, you're trying to help them out. You ask the carrier for this data and they say you can't get it. What? Yeah. Client is the plan sponsor. They are paying you to administer the plan. How are you not? And according to every documentation in ERISA and HIPAA, it is all data that should be able to be obtained if you're using it for the right reasons, which obviously helping people get to a better plan is the right reason. 
And so it became really frustrating to know. And then you started to see other solution providers and other TPAs and other this and other that, that they're priding themselves on giving this data. And so when I started to think about what is it that we're trying to do, we're trying to bring transparency into health benefits. So we came up with the brand of transparent health benefits, which is just more of the educational brand that we use to educate employers and advisors that there are other ways of doing it that maybe you've never heard of that, yes, take a little bit more effort, but the results are unbelievable. I mean, we save people millions and millions of dollars while giving their employees free health care. And so we're helping the employee, we're helping the employer, we're helping people not file bankruptcy, and it just feels good. Yeah. Don't you think with some of the people listening to this, uh, it's too good to be true. How can we lower our costs, increase quality of our outcomes, and then uh, eliminate the out-of-pocket expenses for employees? Have you run across uh, that? It, 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 no, I, every day. I, I <laughs> yeah. get, you know, uh, if, if, if you're telling me, and this is true, why isn't my broker telling me this? Why isn't, you know, the big carriers doing this and, 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 and free education? alignment of incentives, right? At the end of the day, everything is always going to boil down to how is the person that is telling you whatever they're telling you going to get paid? When I was at, and you live in Chicago, I worked for Willis Stars Watson for for 13 years. Mm -hmm. I typically got paid as the client got more cost. I mean, let's just Mm -hmm. place it. If you're getting commissions, Mm -hmm. You're making more money as the advisor. So what incentive do I have to actually lower the client's cost? Now, I was moving business from fully insured to self-insured and then putting in fee agreements and all this stuff. So I was a little bit uh, ahead of that transparency curve. But the reality of it is then take it to the carrier. If your clients are fully insured, premium equals revenue. Nobody wakes up in the morning wanting to lower revenues. And so, and then the transparency thing. So I get it all the time. Let me give you the live example. You live in Chicago. Uh, I've got a very uh, well-known auto dealership. I'll leave their name out of it because I didn't ask permission. Uh, In Chicago, they're a client. I do my uh, presentation. The the dad, the guy who started the, uh, the dealership, is like, I don't know that this is true. Why isn't such and such, right? Insert their carrier. Why aren't they doing that? Don't they want to save people money? I need everybody to understand. The Affordable Care Act came out with something that's called the MLR, the Minimum Loss Ratio Rule. And what that says is that an insurance carrier cannot make over a certain amount per every dollar. So a percentage of that dollar cannot be exceeded in their profit. So if, just math equation, if I cap how much per every dollar you can make in profit, how do you make more money? You charge more dollars. That's it. And so when we look at this, you know, it is really the conversation of it's not too good to be true. It's in you're in a model that is designed so that the insurance companies, most of them being public, you know, traded on the stock exchange, So that they can win. And so I get it all the time. So this guy calls me, and this is a long-winded answer, but it'll be very relevant. 
And he says, hey, I, I go to Northwestern. My doc is wanting me to do a uh, stress test. I did what you told me to do. I called Northwestern. They told me that the stress test was going to be $11,000. I said, there's no way a stress test costs $11,000. Give me a second. Give me your zip code. I hang up with him and 10 minutes later, I checked with our medical management uh, partners. They gave me three locations that were within six miles of his house. And the average cost for the same exact stress test was $875 to $1,100, 80 to 90% less expensive. So the question really isn't, is this stuff possible the question really is, is the employer and the advisor willing to go through the work to understand that this is possible? We have to stop hitting the easy button. Listen up. Butch wants to give you your own elite benefits playbook, and it's absolutely free. From business strategy to benefit strategy. Every step from the start through implementation, account setup, and open enrollment. Working through service requests and the process of renewals. A valuable look at your company, your insurance options, and how to make the process easier on you. Go now to EliteBenefits.net slash playbook and get your free Elite Benefits playbook or give Butch a call today, 708-535-3006. You know, on my podcast, I always uh, use the phrase that we taught uh, the industry how to purchase their own health plan. And one of your podcasts, and I, I, I don't remember exact uh, verbatim, but you you had said the, the approach hasn't changed since the Mayflower, right? And uh, and it's so true, even though the Mayflower was way before that. But, but still, the analogy is fantastic because it's from the beginning of time. And uh, we never really had the problem. It kind of morphed over... Uh, time, I always say it took us 60 years to get to this problem, but it was always there. We just didn't see it until now. And now it's a bigger issue. And we just, and and a lot of our brokers or our peers in the industry, they just keep regurgitating the same information over and over again. And it's a safe way, right? They're not going to lose their job at the uh, the agency. The employer, the HR person, or even the CFO, it's a safe battle to go to the boardroom and say, hey, we're just going to stomach this uh, 15% increase because our broker already knocked down 4% of that. And so we're saving money for the next year. And it's still with the the same big branded, I always call them the big purple carrier, right? And so um, whatever color you want, it's there. And so it, it's safe, right? You don't need to do anything. But now, like you said, it takes a little bit of work. You got to keep going at it and finding better solutions and then reverse the healthcare trend. I think it was Dave Conterno, one of our fr mutual friends in the industry. He had said that um, the industry is only going to change from the employer level, uh, not from the government, right? And so there's this movement. So as as brokers like us and, and our community that we work with and communicating with employers to try to do find something better, wh what do you see in the future as we move forward and try to navigate this trend? Do you think it's going to eventually take off like a like like just make it contagious or is it going to be a struggle for advisors in the future because everybody's used to the status quo? Yeah, you know, uh, obviously I'm a little jaded on that answer since I built the whole <laughs> business around it. So sure. I'm hoping it's going to be hockey stick and yes. one day I'm going to be, you know, retired flying private jets. But let, let's just let's just boil it down and say a couple of things. Number one. Health benefits is typically an employer's top two, top three expense. 
right? It's doubling in cost every six years. What other thing on their P&L as an employer go up like that, right? So, so that's number one. Number two is employers spend more time planning their company Christmas party than they do thinking about their renewal, right? It's usually a one-time-a-year thing. They hate the process. After it's done, they put it in the in the desk and they never think about it again. And, and that's not how they approach any other big expense in their business. And so I think from the first angle, it is going to be education, education, education. Advisors are going to have to do a better job uh, educating employers and employers are going to have to do a better job asking harder questions. Just because you've had the same broker for 10, 15, 20 years, your golfing buddies, your hunting buddies, she takes me to the country club, whatever it is, that doesn't mean that they're doing the right thing for you. And if you don't care about your company, so our company makes plenty of profit, then care about every single employee there. Because as somebody whose parents had to file bankruptcy, when you start thinking about the time period that we're living in right now with the inflationary you know, issues that we're in, when a gallon of gas is X and eggs are Y, you know, you've got employees that are sitting on the floors on Sunday in their house cutting 39 cent coupons for lima beans. And then we don't want to, as an industry or an employer's HR or CFO, don't want to take the extra time to understand that these plans that could save people five, eight, ten thousand dollars a year. Are I, I don't even understand it as mm-hmm. it's just humanity. Mm-hmm. If these things are able to be to be, you know, created, then we owe it to ourselves to listen to it. And then the last thing, and this is my soapbox, back to that easy button. Hmm. What thing in life is the easiest approach, the best approach? I think about that, like nothing. You want to be a better dad? You told me you had a couple kids, you know, yep. uh, before this. To be a good dad takes effort. To be a crappy dad doesn't take effort. To be the good dad like you are, it takes a lot of effort. To have a six pack, you got to eat right. You got to go to the gym. To be a better mom, I mean, a better employee, anything, the better route that has the better outcomes always takes a little bit more work. That is what separates the winners and the non-winners in in life is that effort. And and that's my my plead to (laughs) anybody that's listening to our voices is start demanding more from the industry because it is absolutely able to be had. Speaking of effort though, you besides the effort you're making for the industry and our peers in the industry to do better things for the employer, uh, you make a huge amount of effort to give back, right? And so I think it was June or July, you were doing these 100 pushups a day, raising some money, giving back. That, I tell you, that takes effort. It took effort for me to watch you do it, let alone the high-speed videos that you did trying to move around the gym. And then clearly you had a lot of fun doing it, and obviously it was for a good cause. And more recently with the back-to-school things, you were doing some backpack giveaway. You know, uh, Let's talk about the uh, that effort, right? And so uh, what inspires you to do this? And, and it seems like you do it on a regular basis. It's more of a uh, kind of quasi-hobby that you have fun with, too. Yeah, you know... Um... I've I've kind of always been into that stuff. Um, I don't know why, you know, like I, I think I think everything boils down to 
I've had some bad stuff happen to me. Like, like I've lost both my parents by the time I was 40. So, you know, but even after all that, I've got it way better in life than 99% of the world, right? Like, you know, we first world problems, right? We like, you and I are going to go to the faucet and turn on water and water is going to come out. Like, you know, our air conditioning is on, like I got a swimming pool right there. Right. Like I look at that. I'm like, our ability to get out of our own way and understand how blessed we have been. Uh, and so when we were starting Next Impact, uh, maybe your audience says, no, I run the business out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. It's where I was born. And one of the motivations of me moving back was the ability to impact and give and provide jobs uh, to folks down here in, in Puerto Rico. So the uh, the reality behind it for me was really how how can you do good and do good, right? Like, mm -hmm. how can you do mm -hmm. well in business but give back? So uh, one of our value words as an organization is community. And community to me means two things. Community to me means treat each other like, you know, we're family. You spend as much time with your work family as you do your your home family so treat each other like y'all actually like each other mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. but two is for me down here in puerto rico like the ability to impact the community down here so you know when we talk about the back to school thing the average person in that community household income is twelve thousand dollars a year like the rest of us listening to this couldn't fathom that and if you're a family of five, taking your kids to Disney World probably cost you that, right? So like when you think about that, you know, so for me, man, it's uh, no matter the hardships that I've had to go through in life, the ability to put a smile on somebody's, you know, I mean, we heard kids, it's like, I've never had a new backpack. And I'm like, holy cow, like I can't even fathom what that is. And so uh, we uh, we have a uh, an, we call it the impact committee uh, and we pick a different thing every month that we're going to do. Uh, a lot of it on social media is, you know, Hey, I, I, I've got friends and, and, and people that support me that, you know, help me raise money to, to give back. And, um, for me, it's not the money and giving the money. It's, it's actually getting my hands dirty and, and doing some things. So I really yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. Well, you're de definitely an inspiration, and I want to leave, leave on, on, a, on a note because uh, some of the topics we talked about could be uh, far-fetched for some employers or even brokers, for that matter. But um, and, and my heart's out to you today because of your, the anniversary of your of your mother, and so um, obviously she inspired you. There's a lot of love there, and 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 one of the things I want to point out, and anybody goes on a, on Lester's LinkedIn profile when they listen to this, uh, you did a heartfelt message. But one of the things I took from it was like some people struggle, uh, right, in personal life and in business, right. And and you had mentioned that all you need is a flashlight, just straight and narrow, what's in front of you. And I think that inspirational message is definitely there. I grew up, my biggest sport was scuba diving, and I'm scuba dive all over the Midwest, including Lake Michigan, and. Um, 
And so there's times where I said that sometimes I've been in Lake Michigan, for example, when it's been 200 foot of visibility, but I've also been in Lake Michigan when it's been two inches of visibility. But sometimes in order to see that shipwreck, you only need to see the two inches in front of you, right? And so back to the flashlight idea, and that's why it hit me. And so some of the concepts that we talked on here, and some of those are even just going through personal hardship times um, that you just need to see in front of you, right? Just keep moving, keep the foot forward. Uh, on that note, you know, if if somebody needed or wanted to look at some of the information we talked about, obviously you could reach out to brokers because that's who you're connected with. But if somebody wanted to reach out to you directly, either from inspiration or from uh, a work um, uh, situation, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm fairly active on, on LinkedIn. So Lester J. Morales, uh, the other Lester Morales is my brother. That's a whole different story for another episode. <laughs> Uh, so Lester J. Morales, I always tell him the taller, good looking one. You know, if anybody ever wanted to email, it is lester.morales at nextimpactllc.com. And, uh, you know, but I just thank you for giving yep. me the platform and the audience. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Yep.